0: We are so glad you joined us today on our podcast. We would love to continue to connect with you throughout the week. And to do that, you can check us out at substancechurch.com or on social media by searching at substancemn or Substance Church. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. Well, what is up, Substance? Make some noise wherever you are at. You made it to church. Man, I'm so glad you guys are here. If we haven't met yet, I'm Pastor Peter Haas. My wife and I planted this church a little over 17 years ago, and we're still kicking. You know what I mean? I I just, God has been faithful. In fact, a quick little praise report, our brand new Monterey, Mexico campus launch of our new building down there just happened last week. And you guys, it was over the top, and, and thank you guys for your generosity. There was literally not a seat left in the room. And how many of you know, it's great when your brand new building has already been outgrown on day one, right? I'm just saying. For real, you guys and all these, we have an ice cream store in the front of our Monterey, Mexico campus. It's the greatest thing ever, ice cream and Jesus. Come on, somebody. But but literally, like, it was just, it was packed and it was so fun just to see all of the kids, we have a little trampoline park there at the at that campus, and uh, I'm just I'm just telling you, seeing the seeing so many kids just love God and love church, it just made my heart come alive so thank you guys for your generosity and and also thank you guys for praying many of you guys know that i've been under a book deadline i'm writing a book on on uh, church governance and just how churches can be healthier and happier and pastors can be more accountable and and i know many of you guys have been praying for me i'm almost done we've almost finished the manuscript so we're like we can see the finish line so just thank you guys for praying for my wife and i we're also uh be we're going to be preaching in calgary for an ARC Pastors Conference this week, and it's kind of our last big thing before the summer, and then I'm gonna be just hanging with you guys, woo! Summer. Uh, no, but but seriously, uh, the in case you didn't know, we we our church is not just a church. We're a place where we want to launch pastors all over the world. Every four to seven days, we up launch a church somewhere around the United States. And of course, um, a part of that leadership team is a pastor by the name of Herbert Cooper. And guess who happens to be in the house today, Pastor Herbert? Could you come on up here right now? Now I. Herbert, let me just tell you something about Herbert. He's one of my favorite people in the earth, and uh, him and Tiffany have just been friends forever. I, in fact, what I what, what's crazy is, I, just last night, it was, it was it it so disturbed me that your wife actually came to our church in Wisconsin 29 years ago. Like she was in the room and I didn't know who she was. And, and like maybe that's why I like you is just, you know, there's just some family about you guys, but, but you're like the brother, we look like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people just confuse us as like twins, but you know, I, for real though, like I, I feel like our families are so similar. We've got like kind of a similar vibe and, and it just, there's just something special about doing life with people over the years and you're such an excellent leader, such an excellent pastor, such a, such a good friend. And I, I just, he pastors an incredible church in Oklahoma City called People's Church. 20th anniversary already. Just been faithful in that city. And uh, I, I'll tell you what. That's special church. And so wherever you're at, downtown, Monterey, Mexico, Westside, right here, would you stand to your feet and give a warm, substance welcome to Pastor Herbert Cooper.
1: Oh, welcome. It's good to be here. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus one time. Can we do that? Lord, we do love you. We honor you. Hallelujah. You can be seated, and it is good to be at Substance. Uh, in June versus the other J month, January. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I picked the right month to be in Minnesota. Uh, it is, it's really good to be here and just to see what's happening uh, across just church life and how the lives are being changed. And I got to be uh, last uh, yesterday and in downtown and see the downtown campus and what a beautiful, 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 building and just hearing the God stories and how God is changing lives here at Substance and 17 years of uh, what God is doing, has done, and knowing that your best days are ahead of you, it's just, it's just pretty amazing. And I have to say this, that uh, the last two and a half years have been uh, some of the hardest years to lead, to preach to pastor a church, Um, and I've seen a lot of churches close, uh, lose momentum, Um, businesses close with pandemic, uh, racial tension, political tension, and to see substance and how God is moving, how your church is thriving, how lives are being changed. Can I, let, let me just say this. It's not normal what you are experiencing. First of all, it is a move of God. There are churches praying for revival, and you're living in the midst of revival. And so we give God all the glory. And then yet I want to say this, that it's taken exceptional, skillful leadership by your pastors, Pastor Peter and Pastor Carolyn, that they've been able to lead through this such polarizing Season, this divisive season, and come out on the other side, and God is moving in a massive way. Can I tell you, my friends, job well done, and we honor you and we love you. I know what it's taken to lead through this. Come on, you can do better than that. Would you honor your pastors? We love you. Thank you for your incredible leadership, your integrity, your heart, your passion, your Bible preaching. Thank you for your leadership, amazing, amazing. Well, I've got one of my family members with me. Uh, I've got more than one. I've got uh, Caden St. John, who is a phenomenal uh, teenager. God's hand is on your life in such a unique way, Caden, and I love you, I love what God's doing in your life. I love your swag and your charisma. I love how God's gonna use you and already is using you. And then I've got my beautiful bride, my baby mama, my girl, my hot sauce on my chitlins, the barbecue sauce on my ribs, the syrup on my pancakes is with me today. My wife is with me. We've been married 25 years this year. Uh, yes, yeah, big year for us. I love her with all of my heart my best friend, and she's with me today. And we have four kids. Matter of fact, here's a picture of our kids and our her entire family. We have four teenagers. Our oldest son on the far left, he just graduated high school just a little over a week ago, so we got one graduate, and we've got four teenagers in the house, 13 to 18 years old. Yeah, full, I said we got four. Teenagers in the house. Those of you that are not laughing, it's because you don't have any kids. But the, re- the rest of you are like, oh, yeah, praise God. Yeah, four teenagers in the house. At one time, it was four teenagers, it was four kids, four and under. Four and under. Like, what, what happened? My wife likes dark chocolate. Pray for me, church. I really could use your prayers. Today, I, I want to dive into God's Word, and I, I want to talk to you from this thought. Why has God abandoned me? Why has God abandoned me? And what I really want us to think about, I want our minds to zoom in on this thought. Why would a loving God allow so many bad things to happen? Just a few weeks ago, the shooting in Laguna Woods, California at the church, the shooting in Buffalo, New York at the store, the shooting in the elementary school in Texas, in the state where I live, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the shooting in the hospital, why would a Loving God allows so many bad things to happen. And today I want to partner with your pastors, Pastor Peter and Pastor Carolyn, and I want to help bring strength, encouragement, insight to you on why would a loving God allow bad things to happen. And I want us to begin with this thought. I want us to all understand that even Jesus, our Lord and Savior, experienced bad things. And let me take you to Matthew chapter 27. Let's pick up reading in verse number 45. Come on at all the locations online right now. If you have a paper Bible with you, just wave the paper Bible. Anybody got a paper Bible? Where are you? Where are my paper? Woo, look at Those are my spiritual people right there. There they go. The rest of you, get your glow iPhone out and let's... Uh, Look at God's word together in Matthew chapter 27. Let's pick up reading in verse number 45. It says, from noon until three in the afternoon. This is when Jesus was on the cross. Darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Greek word therefore, cried out means to scream. Literally, Jesus screamed, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that word forsaken means deserted, rejected, let go, abandoned. Jesus was on the cross and he had deep feelings of being abandoned and rejected. On Jesus' worst day ever, on earth, everyone abandoned him. Judas, one of the 12 disciples, abandoned Jesus and betrayed him. The crowd left Jesus. The other disciples left Jesus. And then they took Jesus and they whipped him and beat him and flogged him and then nailed him to a cross with his hands and his feet, nailed to a cross. They put a crown of thorns on him. They, they put a spear in his side. They spit on him. They mocked him. And Jesus is hanging there on the cross, carrying your sin. He was carrying my sin. He was carrying the world's sin on that cross. And because he was carrying our sin on the cross, his heavenly father turned his back on Jesus. And Jesus was abandoned by his heavenly Father. It deeply hurts when people abandon us. Some of you know that firsthand. Maybe it was a spouse who left you and ripped out your heart. Maybe it was a dad or maybe a mom. Maybe both your parents, when you were a kid or a teenager, they walked out the door and they walked out of your life. Maybe it was a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a friend who rejected you and betrayed you. Maybe it was a coworker or a boss that left you high and dry. And it deeply hurts when people hurt us and reject us and abandon us. But it hurts even worse. I think it's even more traumatizing when we feel that God has abandoned us, when we feel like God has rejected us. And we're going, God, where are you? God, why is this happening to me? God, why is this happening in our world? God, don't you see what I'm going through? God, I don't see you working at all. I don't feel you at all. God, do you even care? God, are you are you even with me? And this is how some of you feel today. And boy, I sure can relate. I remember growing up in my little town in Oklahoma called Wewoka. How many of you know where Wewoka is? <laughs> yeah, just so I can kind of give you a clue, it's near Walika, Wetumpka, Sasakwa, Holdenville, and Seminole. You kind of know where it is now, so. <laughs> so I grew up in, I grew up in Wewoka, Oklahoma, and I remember when I was a teenager my mom told me, my older brother Scotty, my younger sister Herlana, I'm I'm going to leave your dad. And when my dad went to work that day, we loaded down my mom's car with as many clothes as we could get in the car. And I remember my sister and brother were going to go with my mom. I decided to stay back because I was in high school and wanted to try to get a college football scholarship. And And so I hugged my brother by and hugged my sister by and hugged my mama by. And they got in the car and left Oklahoma, headed for Rochester, New York, where my mom had a sister living and they were going to go move in with my mom's sister. And when my dad arrived back home later that evening, I was there to tell him the news that mom and Scott and Herlana had left and they're moving to Rochester, New York. And it was the fall. And Christmas was right around the corner. And I will never forget waking up that first Christmas morning without my mama, without my brother, without my sister. And I woke up early that morning and I held my pillow, tears streaming down my face. And I thought, why did this happen? Why is my family not together? Did I even cause it? My teenage mind just went there. Did I cause my family to break up? And I was bawling my eyes out. And it's the only time in my life I thought, is life worth living. I'm all alone. I'm abandoned. I feel isolated. God, why did you allow this to happen? God, are you even real? And whenever we feel abandoned and especially abandoned by God, we can begin to get angry. We can get so mad. We can begin to curse God. And I've even seen people now after 30 years of almost preaching God's word, I have seen people literally get so angry at God, they just want to quit on God and they quit praying, they quit church, they quit serving, they quit going to a small group, they quit giving, they quit worshiping, they quit reading their Bible because the natural kind of human tendency is when someone abandons us, we tend to abandon them. When someone rejects us, we tend to reject them. And what I don't want you to do, Substance Church, is when life is difficult and hard and you feel like God isn't even with you. I don't want you to respond the wrong way because whenever you and I respond the wrong way to bad season, it never plays out well for us. And so for the next few moments, I want to give you three right responses when you feel abandoned by God. Three right responses. Here's the first right response, and that is remind yourself God loves you and is with you. God loves you and is with you. If you are a Christ follower, God is with you even on your worst day. God is with you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Come on at all the locations, those joining us online. Everybody shout, never. Oh, that was weak substance. Come on, everybody shout, never. Yeah. Yeah, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never, ever, ever will God leave you nor forsake you. And because God is with you, you're not alone you're not alone. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. No matter how far God may feel from you right now, if you're a Christ follower, I can guarantee you this, God is with you. I know you may feel isolated, but God is with you. You may feel abandoned, but God is with you. You may feel lonely, but God is with you. I know it may be hard right now, but God is with you. I know tears may be streaming down your face in the middle of the night because of pain, but God is with you. I know somebody may have broken your heart into a million pieces, but God is with you. I know sickness may ra- have ravaged your body, but God is is with you. Your kids might be acting crazy, but God is with you. Your money might be a little funny, but God is with you. God is with you. You're not alone. Because God is with you, take your hard questions to God. Take your hard questions to God. Hebrews chapter number 4 in verse 15 and 16 says, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. He understands. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly. Come on, everybody, shout boldly. boldly. Yeah, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God there we will find we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most so so we got to go to God's throne of grace boldly go to God's throne with bold prayers and bold questions, and bold concerns. Let me tell you something about our God. Our God is not intimidated by your bold prayers. Our God is not scared of your bold questions. He's not scared of your bold concerns. Take your bold questions, your bold concerns to God. Take your hard questions to God. Like, God, why did this happen? Why did they die? Why the senseless murders? Why did they leave me? God, why did I not get accepted into the college? Why the divorce? Why the cancer? Why the sickness in my body? Why the constant migraine headaches? Take your hard questions To God, why the starving children in the world? Why the wars? Why the human trafficking? Why the hatred? Why the abuse? God, why the pain? Take your hard questions to God. God, why didn't you intervene? I know you're all powerful. I know you could have stopped it. Why didn't you heal? Why didn't you stop that from happening? you can be bold with God. And when you go boldly to God's throne, scripture says you will receive his mercy, grace, and help when you need it most. And I know this personally. I can't count on my fingers and my toes how many times I've taken bold, hard questions to God. Like, God, why did my mom die in her 50s, I love my mama, I was a mama's boy, my mom died, Mother's Day was a month ago and I, I miss my mama, why did my brother die in his 40s, my brother wasn't just a brother he was a friend and we, we grew up together in the same room, we shared a room together, God why God, why did my oldest son, 9 and 10 years old, why did he get so sick that we couldn't figure out what the sickness was? And our little boy lost over 20 pounds of weight, missed six-plus weeks of school. God, why? We love you, God. God, why? God, why would my 16-year-old son who is an athlete and luck, likes running track, and his track team won state last year and, and are bound to repeat for state champion this year. And why did his hip grow in such a way that he had to have hip surgery to replace? Why did, why did you allow his hip to grow that way? Why? God, why do I have constant neck Problems God, you know, I love you. I preach your word. God. Why don't you just heal me? God? Why? why I, I i take my hard questions to god and sometimes god meets me and he gives me clarity he gives me he gives me wisdom he gives me insight to why i'm going through what i'm going through and and then most of the time when i take my hard questions to god he doesn't give me clarity or insight but he always meets me there with his grace and with his mercy and with his strength he gives me right what i need most when i take my bold questions questions to God he gives me his peace to keep moving forward he gives me his strength to say herbert you can make it through the depth of your mom and your brother and your son being sick and your son having surgery and your neck pain he always gives me his grace Mercy and strength. And if you will take your hard, bold questions to God, the scripture says God will always meet you there and he will give you his grace and his mercy and his peace and his strength when you need it most. Substance, take your hard questions to God and let him meet you there with his power and his grace. Because God is with you. This season is a part of your story, not the entire story. Jesus was abandoned on the cross, but that was just a part of his story. It wasn't the entire story. Come on, most of us here at Substance Church, we know the rest of the story. Yes, he died a painful death on the cross, but three days later, he got up from the grave with all power in his hands. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, and today he's alive and well. Somebody ought to give God praise that our Savior has risen indeed. The pain on the cross, was not the whole story. It was just a part of the story. There was purpose in his pain. And I love how First Corinthians describes just so well. It describes how we just know part of the story. It says in First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly on this earth, but then in heaven we'll see face to face. And now I know in part in this earth. Then in heaven I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. You see, right now on this earth, we know in part. We can't see the whole story God is writing with our life. We can't see the whole story that God is writing with our situation. But understand that what you're going through is a chapter in your book. It's not the whole book. And right now, all you can see is the chapter that you're living in, but it's only a chapter. Don't let a chapter of your life define the rest of your life. I've come here to let somebody know as Substance, you're going through pain. You're going through a hard time. You're going through heartache, and I want you to understand it's just a chapter in your book. You see, because God is with you, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Don't you dare put a period where God has put a comma. It's just a part of your story, not the whole story, because God is with you. Point number two, that was just point one. <laughs> just look at your neighbor right now and say, it gets better from here. Oh, it gets, it gets better from here. Number two, number two, number two, number two. Turn why God into what God? The right response when you feel abandoned by God. Turn why God into what God? Whenever you're facing a difficult chapter in your life, here's what I want you to do, Substance. I want you to learn to turn why God into what God. I need you to take some notes right now. Everybody in the church who takes notes, get your pen and paper out or get your phone out and take some notes. And for the rest of you that don't take notes, get your pen and paper out and your phone and take some notes today. Because I want to help you. I want to help you. Right, right, write this down. Write this down. Ask God, what do you want to teach me. What do you want to teach me? The Bible says something so very interesting about Jesus and his pain. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Jesus learned obedience from his pain On the cross, on the cross, because of pain, he screamed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God is not scared of our why God questions, but Jesus stayed on the cross because of the what, not the why. Jesus knew that the what was to save humanity. The what is so important if you don't end up turning your why God questions into what God, if you just stay camped out at why God, you can begin to question God's character. You can start to question God's love. You can start to question God's faithfulness. So you want to learn to turn Why God? Into what God? Because when you turn it into what God, now you're leaning into God. You're saying, God, what do you want to teach me? God, what do you want to show me? God, I know there's purpose in my pain. Come on, write this down. Write this down, a second one, a second one. Ask God, what do you want to do in me, in me? A great example is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had what was known as this thorn in his flesh. Scholars have tried to describe or to explain what this thorn might have been, but we really don't know what the thorn in the flesh was. But we do know that he had some why questions. And Paul asked God, God, remove this thorn in my flesh. It's tormenting me. And God told the apostle Paul, this great man of God, no, no. I'm not removing the thorn. Paul could have felt abandoned. He could have felt rejected by God. But I want you to notice Paul's response in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. It says, or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. Paul asked God, God, three times, God, why? God, why? God, remove this thorn from my flesh. But I do want you to notice he asked God why three times, not 200 times. He turned his why God into What God, Paul said, I gotta discover the what. And Paul discovered the what. And the what was God wanted to keep him from becoming conceited. Paul realized that what felt like rejection from God was really God trying to do something on the inside of him. You see, bad days can reveal what's on the inside of us. God's silence God's no, when it feels like God has abandoned you, it can reveal what's on the inside of you. It can reveal our our weaknesses. It can reveal our inner sin. It can reveal where our faith is weak. And so you've got to begin to lean in and say, God, I'm going to learn to turn why God into what God, because I don't want to miss what You're trying to do in me. God, as I lean into and learn to steward pain well, we've got to steward our pain well. And God, I'm turning why God into what God? I want to steward this pain well because perhaps like the apostle Paul, you're trying to do something in me. You're trying to deal with my pride. You're trying to deal with my greed. You're trying to deal with my anger issue. You're trying to deal with my lust. You're trying to deal with my lying. You're trying to deal with why I'm so mean to people instead of loving people. You're trying to deal with my blind spots. And so, God, I lean in and I turn my what God, uh, my, my why God into what God. Here's the third one. Write this down. Write this down. Write this down. Ask God, what do you want to do through me? Through me. Think about this. What God did through Jesus on his worst day changed the course of human history forever. There was actually purpose in the pain. On his worst day ever, Jesus paid the sin debt for all of humanity on the cross. And and Hebrews gives us some insight to this in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus endured the pain of the cross because he was focused on the what. What are you wanting to do through me? And he was focused on the joy of seeing lost humanity reconciled to his heavenly father. I want you to think about what God did through Paul. He had a thorn in the flesh. He had this pain. God would not remove the thorn to keep him humble. But you know what God did through Paul? The what? Paul almost wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, what God did through him. He started churches all throughout the region. He preached and saw people saved and Healed and filled and delivered and set free. He raised up young, powerful leaders like Timothy. I mean, what God did through Paul was amazing. So Substance Church, understand, God uses our greatest pain as a launching pad for our greatest calling. Your your greatest ministry can come out of your greatest misery. And I think about my own life. Growing up in Little Wewoka, Oklahoma, and at the age of 13, I was sexually abused by a lady for several months. The pain, the shame, the confusion, the anger. Felt all alone. Didn't tell my parents. Scared. My parents... Split up and divorced. I was so angry. I was hostile. I spiraled into sexual addiction and promiscuity and pornography. I was broken. I was hurting. And somebody invited me to a football locker room Thursday night after practice. It was called an FCA meeting, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I didn't want to go but they told me they were serving free pizza. Hey. So I went for free pizza. And that night, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And my life changed that night. And now today, I look back almost 30 years ago and I realize God didn't, wasn't the one that caused me to be raped or abused and molested God God wasn't the one that caused my parents to get divorced God, God didn't cause it but he took all of that misery and pain and today he's using it as my greatest ministry you see I have such a heart for broken people I have such a heart for hurting people some of you right now as I'm speaking and ministering and online God's touching you tears are coming down your face because of the power of the Holy Spirit, because I have such a pain for hurting People. I have such a calling to minister to those that are hurting and to bring hope. And I want you to know the pain that you're going through, substance, the pain, the trauma, the abuse, whatever you've been through. I want you to know that you serve a God that will take your greatest misery and he will turn it and use it for your greatest ministry. So learn to turn why God into what do you want to do? through me. Point number three, point number three, point number three. When you can't trace God's hand, trust God's heart. When you're going through tough days, it's so important to remember that the God you serve is not powerless. It's the same Jesus who walked on water, who fed thousands with a few fish and loaves, He's the same Jesus that raised Lazarus from the dead. He's the same Jesus as he hung on the cross. He actually had the power to call angels to get him off of that cross. That's the kind of power that he had. But instead of using his power, he surrendered to his heavenly father, and he trusted his heavenly father's plan. Jesus, on that cross, he he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And his very next words on that cross were Luke 23 and verse 46. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Why have you forsaken me? But Father, I still trust you and I commit my spirit into your hands. Why have you forsaken me? But Father... I trust you and I commit my spirit into your hands. On Jesus' worst day on the cross, he did not turn down his trust. He turned up his trust in God. And when most people feel abandoned by God, they tend to turn down their trust. In substance, I want you to turn up your trust in God during difficult days I want you to turn up your trust in the promises of God Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says for no matter how many promises God has made they are yes in Christ and so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God we turn up our trust by saying amen to God's promises amen means so be it And it's easy to say amen on good days. But we turn up our trust in God and his promises when we learn to say amen to God's promises on our worst day. Promises like Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Amen God, you're with me even during dark days. Promises like Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen God, you're taking all the bad and you're going to use it for my good. Promises like Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask and think according to the power that works in us amen God you're doing more than I could ask or think promises like first Peter chapter 5 and verse 10 and after you have suffered for a little while the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore you strengthen you Secure cure you and establish you. Amen, God. You're restoring me. You're strengthening me. You're establishing me. Promises like Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen, God. You're faithful. Even on bad days you're faithful even when I'm going through pain you're faithful even when I don't understand so I trust you when I can't trace you I trust you even when I don't feel you I trust you even when I don't see you working on my worst day ever I commit my life into your hands Heavenly Father, I thank you for substance. I thank you that I could partner with Pastor Peter and Pastor Carol and drop this word into the hearts of this incredible church. And I pray that you would strengthen people. I pray you help people that's going through dark days. I pray you help people that are confused about what's going on in our world today. I pray that their anchor would be Jesus. I pray they would turn their trust up in you and your promises because you're faithful. I thank you that you're helping and you're ministering to somebody in their darkest day today. You're helping them and I give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. I turn it over to our campuses.
0: We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you would like to contribute to Substance Financially, you can do so by visiting substancechurch.com slash giving and then select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to check in next week for a new message.